Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 702 for release on Sunday, August 7th, 2022. On WaveScan today, American radio stations in New Zealand, the 1ZM story. We'll have more from the National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters meeting in Washington and our Japan DX report. The history of medium wave station 1ZM in Auckland, New Zealand is quite unique and very interesting. For a period of many months during the year 1944, the station was operated by American forces as part of their mosquito network, and their different programming format was very popular throughout New Zealand. Ray Robinson goes back to the beginning. Thanks, Jeff. It was in August 1930 that the radio entrepreneur William W. Rogers installed a small, low-powered radio broadcasting station in association with his radio shop, the Silvertone Radio Service, on Massey Road at Manariwa in suburban South Auckland. That new radio broadcasting station was intended to provide a service for his radio business so that local people could hear the sound of a radio station on their own radio receivers. In the United States, and in Australia also, that new 1ZM would be described as a dealer station. The new 1ZM was really quite small, with just 17 watts on 1260 kHz, and it was on the air in short transmissions of a few hours on each occasion, throughout the day and into the evening. They did issue their own QSL card, and they encouraged local people to join their 1ZM Associated Broadcasting Society. Most of the early radio broadcasting stations in New Zealand were established commercially and privately, though the New Zealand government began to take these stations over in order to form the national radio broadcasting networks. In 1937, seven years after its inauguration, the government radio organisation bought Station 1ZM for £2,500, closed it down, transferred it into the new radio headquarters building at 74 Shortland Street in downtown Auckland, consolidated it with stations 1YA and 1ZB and relaunched it under the same call sign 1ZM with 1 kilowatt on 1250 kilohertz. During the Pacific War in the middle of the last century, American forces poured into the South Pacific by the million, with multitudes coming into Auckland also for rest and refreshment, and also as a staging area before transferring into the islands to the north. In pre-war days, the American Army officer Major Purnell H. Gould had been employed at radio station WFBR in Baltimore, Maryland, and he was subsequently appointed as the regional commander for American Forces Entertainment radio stations in the Pacific. He lodged a request with the cluster of government radio stations in Auckland for a radio station to serve American personnel and Professor James Shelley, Auckland Director of the National Broadcasting Service of New Zealand, granted him Station 1ZM with its 1 kilowatt on 1250 kHz. The Shortland Street radio building had an unimposing brick facade to the street, but in the downward slope behind there were four storeys of radio studios and offices. 
the American-operated 1ZM occupied two radio studio rooms in the basement area, along with the cooperation and assistance of the manager of 1YA, Alex O'Donoghue. Initially, five American personnel were appointed to the programming staff at the American-operated station 1ZM in Auckland, New Zealand. The officer in charge was Lieutenant Commander Brooks Gifford. Day-to-day operation was managed by Sergeant Larry Dysart. He was assisted by Private Eugene Twombly from CBS Hollywood as an announcer. Corporal Carl Jean was also an announcer and an operator, and Private First Class Frank Gaunt was the main announcer. The total schedule for 1ZM included locally produced programming, off-air relays from shortwave KWID in San Francisco, California, and large transcription discs that were flown in from OWI headquarters in Los Angeles, California. The pre-recorded discs presented programming from all the major radio networks in the United States, NBC, CBS, Mutual and the newly formed ABC, though all of the commercial advertising had been removed. The American station 1ZM was the dominant station on 1250kHz, as heard in New Zealand and Australia, though station 9PA in Port Moresby, New Guinea, operated on the same medium-wave channel, and at times, one or two other AFRS stations in the Pacific also. Station 1ZM was accorded network status as a member of the informal American AES network, known as the Mosquito Network, along with four other AES stations. There was Numia in New Caledonia, WVUS with 1 kilowatt on 975 kHz. Guadalcanal in the Solomon Islands had WVUQ with 1 kilowatt on 690 kHz. Munda in New Georgia had WVTJ with a quarter of a kilowatt on 1000 kHz. And Bougainville in the Solomon Islands had WVTI also with 1 kilowatt on 670 kHz. And so these were joined by Auckland, New Zealand with 1ZM with 1 kilowatt on 1250 kHz. The first day of broadcast for the American 1ZM was Wednesday, April 12, 1944, and the Prime Minister of New Zealand, the Honourable Peter Fraser, gave a welcome to the station with a pre-recorded message on disc. The American-style programming over 1ZM was very popular also among the local listeners on both islands of New Zealand, and when it came time for the station to close, a large number submitted their disapproval. The last day of broadcast as an American station was Sunday, December the 17th, 1944, so it was only on the air for about eight months, and the few remaining American staff flew out in early January 1945. Soon afterwards, radio station 1ZM resumed its normal New Zealand-style programming. Two years later, the call sign was changed to 1ZD, and subsequently to 1YD, and then back again to 1ZM. Although many listeners in New Zealand, Australia and the Pacific Islands sent reception reports to the American operation of 1ZM, not one QSL was ever issued. However, numerous QSL cards were issued by the original privately operated 1ZM and also by the National Broadcast Service for 1ZM, both before the eight-month American usage and again subsequently afterwards. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you, Ray Robinson, reporting from KVOH in Los Angeles.
Señora Bufesa Sergio Tapia, gracias por facilitar esta apreciable entrevista a Radio Argelia Internacional. نجتهد في البحث عن المعلومة من مصدرها ونذيعها كما هي Glenn Hauser announced on his World Radio program this past week that Radio Algeria has finally begun broadcasting from their own news site or sites in Algeria They've been using a relay via Isidon, France for several years now while building two shortwave transmitter sites in Algeria itself using 300-kilowatt Apagon transmitters. According to World of Radio, several listeners have heard the station in Arabic on 7200-15100-15340-17600, and 21450 kHz at various times. The regular broadcasts from Isidun are continuing for the time being and will eventually be replaced by the direct transmissions from Algeria. Dario Gabrielli in Italy has passed on to us a message from Andy Lowendell informing that shortwave listening-related Italian social network feeds have confirmed the death of the well-known shortwave listener Roberto Scaglioni on August 1st in his hometown due to a sudden heart attack. Roberto was originally from the southern Sicilian port of Scacca, close to Agrigento. Roberto was the founder and for many years the editor of the Italian DX News organization BCL News and host of the Italian DX program Obiettivo DX on Sundays on AWR Europe's shortwave frequencies. He also produced and hosted a weekly Italian-language DX program, Studio DX, which was broadcast on WRMI. He produced 996 editions of Studio DX, which was broadcast on shortwave, medium-wave, FM, satellite, and Internet. Baura in onda, Studio DX. E bentrovati a Roberto Scaglione, appuntamento numero 996 di Studio DX, la trasmissione che ci accompagna dalle ultime ore proprio, l'ultimo giorno del mese di luglio fino ai primissimi giorni del mese di agosto per questa trasmissione dedicata al mondo della radio e del radioascolto internazionale in onda ormai per questa edizione in corso appunto da 996 settimane di cui troverete tutto. Clip there from Roberto Scaglione's last edition of Studio DX number 996. Last week we mentioned the untimely death of Jerry Plummer, frequency manager at WWCR and frequent contributor to WaveScan. We played the beginning of a conversation we recorded with Jerry and with Glenn Tapley of WEWN at the NASB 2022 annual meeting in Washington last month. Today we continue with that conversation. Glenn Tapley was explaining that the NASB meeting was planned for 2020 and 2021 at WEWN in Alabama, but it was canceled both times because of COVID. And a lot of people there also went to work from home. Right. So uh, the skeleton crews, a lot of times with only essential workers having to be there, people like uh, technical operation 
right. uh, personnel and, and production when it needed to be. And uh, they had us set up pretty well, so most of us could work from home. Engineering, we were there. And um, we don't like each other very well, so we stayed apart from each other. We did the six. We did 12 feet. We didn't have a problem. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, everything everything worked out okay. But, you know, it's just what you have to do, I guess, when something like that comes right, on. You want to right. keep everything and everybody safe, including anybody who would come there to us. Right. But uh, hopefully maybe we can look at, at having the meeting uh, there next year, and I hope so. Yeah, now, no, we kind of hoped it, but we uh, glanced that he would check on things, so we've kind of tentatively uh, got it penciled in for Alabama. But in the event that we can't, uh, they were kind enough to tell us here at RFA that we we have literally an eternal uh, welcome, so we can, we can always uh, default to here if we need to. Yeah. Now you uh, uh, talking about the technical operations there, Glenn. In uh, Birmingham at EWTN, uh, you operate all of the, um, from a program standpoint, uh, that's the master control for all of the radio, the shortwave, and the TV, right? That's right, yeah. So it's all inclusive. Uh, we, you know, reach uh, multiple areas uh, worldwide with our television. And, uh, yeah, it started out as just a simple master control, but uh, once radio was added to there, that mm-hmm. since... Um, Sends out to shortwave Sirius. Our um, heart radio takes us and uh, the AMFM stations. Um, plus shortwave, it turned into a TOC, a technical operations center, pretty right, quickly. Right. So, uh, yeah, it comes out of uh, Irontel, Alabama, which is just outside of Birmingham. That's where our corporate headquarters are. And, of course, the shortwave, as most people would know, it's in Vandiver, Alabama, which is about an hour away from our corporate. And um, so, yeah, So, but the programming does come from from that uh, technical operations center, including the programming that uh, is played out on shortwave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to get to the shortwave transmitter sites, you've got to take a kind of a, <laughs> a, a mountainous route, right? <laughs> you do. Yeah, there's a, it's, it's, it's in a very small town we have a shortwave facility that's up on a mountain which is kind of unusual but the land was donated at the time and uh so we we moved it up there and yeah there's about a two mile dirt road that has hairpin turns in it that uh, you have to you have to negotiate carefully and then if someone's coming down while you're coming up, that's another problem there. So I think you said you uh, used to take your motorbike as an easier way to get up there until you ran off of the road one time, right? Yeah, well, I decided, yeah, that I was going to save gas, right? And I was going to, because it's such a long way from where I live, right. I mean, it's an hour and 15 minutes from my home. So I decided to start taking the motorcycle up there. And this is a cruiser. This is not a... You know, this wasn't a, uh, a dirt bike. Right. Yeah, so they had just scraped the road. They have these big scrapers that come along on this dirt road, and because the water develops gullies into the road, mm-hmm. they scrape them flat. Well, that makes a lot of uh, loose rock come yeah, yeah. up to the, the surface there. And I was taking one of the hairpin turns, and the next thing I know, I'm heading down the mountain. <laughs> now, the bike... The bike uh, didn't make it, but I, I certainly went down there, and I'm thinking, 
this is not good. I think that's <laughs> right. the thing that went through my head. And then I thought, I hope my bike's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, speaking about that gullies, did, didn't they have some pretty sizable gullies in the road when we were going up that KVOH mountain in uh, California? <laughs> that's I think. another challenging yeah, one, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's Mount Chatsworth, I think Mount it's Chatsworth, called. Chatsworth, I yeah. believe it was. Yeah. But there were some pretty good-sized gully holes there. Uh-huh. I, re- uh-huh. I remember that now, yeah. And Ray, Ray Robinson uh, from KVOH, uh, who's well-known here on Wavescan, jo- joined Zoom, us this Zoomed morning. Zoomed in this morning. Yeah. And we had a, a Zoom uh, meeting, and he talked about... Uh, some of the latest uh, developments at uh, Voice of Hope. They have the the station in uh, Israel. Yeah. Uh, the station in Zambia. Right. Uh, which also broadcasts WaveScan. Mm-hmm. And then KVOH in uh, California. Yeah, which uh, also broadcast it. Yeah. And Did he say that they had temporarily shut down uh, suspended operations on the AM in Israel? That's what they thought. I think that's yeah. what he said, yeah. pending uh, renewal, license renewal or something. Yeah. But they get a lot of uh, response to that one, I guess. Apparently so, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they, they continue operating uh, uh, KVOH from uh, Mount Chatsworth with uh, this this uh, very old, 60-some-year-old, I think you said. RCA? Uh, RCA was it RCA? Yeah. yeah. Which originally was uh, used by Vatican Radio. Oh, is that new head? Uh, and then, yeah. yeah. And then went to HCJB in Ecuador and then to uh, and, KVOH. Wow, yeah. <laughs> well, I know they've got a um, Harris 50k that they have been trying for years to get working and i think he said today they're just really having a lot of trouble with it uh, as far as they're old anyway but yeah. uh, not as old as that rca mm. but it keeps operating yeah. on 9975 kilohertz yeah. every night <laughs> yeah he said that uh, he gets all kinds of uh, uh email from places that it's really not supposed to aim mm-hmm. but it does get there you know? it's it's sort of beamed uh, towards cuba yeah. Uh, yeah but he gets a lot of reports from um, all over uh, oh from, yeah he said yeah. from asia and, and from yeah everywhere. i guess that's the back side of it uh, you know the antipodal or something yeah. Well, you know, that's how the shortwave works. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Glenn, you get reports from everywhere. We do. We do. You know, you got side, you got back lobes. Yep. You, 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 you can uh, skip to places unknown sometimes that, that you don't know you're going there until you get a monitoring report and say, I picked you up. Yeah. Here and he, they picked us up on the Spanish frequency, and I'm thinking, you know, we don't head out that way, yeah, but evidently right, it's right. some kind of anomaly that's causing it to to be there. Once it hits the the ionosphere, it, goes, it, it starts bouncing, goes, and yeah. and you know, you do your best to hit your target areas, you know, based on you know proper uh, technique of propagational analysis, but. You know, they can go anywhere sometimes. Oh, yeah. when, it does. Yeah. It tends to go places you didn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, Jeff, so I'm sure you about. see that. You know, that's what's so good about it. And that's why DXers just just love picking up programming oh, yeah. like that. How did I pick that? How did I get yeah. that place? You know? <laughs> Jerry Plummer and Glenn Tapley there speaking with us in Studio 7 at Radio Free Asia in Washington, just eight days before Jerry passed away. We'll have a lot more of that conversation on an upcoming edition of WaveScan. Right now, we're going to Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo with her DX News. Hello and welcome to the DX Report of the Month from Japan Shortwave Club, aided by Toshi Otake and I'm Yukiko Tsuji. We have several DX reports from our club members this week. Radio Taiwan International was heard on 
11995 kilohertz on July 8th from 1724 to the sign off at the 1759 UTC in German. SIO rating was 353, then down to 252. This was a special German broadcast from Tamsui transmitter site in northern Taiwan. Station announcement was given at 1724. Talk program by female and male announcers was on there, followed by Taiwanese pop music program. Hope Radio from Palo was heard on 9965 kHz on July 9th from 0940 to the sign off at 1004 UTC in English. SIO rating was 554. Talk program and hymn were broadcast. ID was given at 0959. KTWR from Guam was received on 11965 kHz on July 1st from 1100 with interval signal to the sign off at 1135 UTC in English. SIO rating was 454. The programs heard were Hope for God at 1103, followed by The Sun Lift at 1105. And hope for today at 11.20. BBC World Service via Singapore was heard on 15640 kHz on July 2nd from 12.40 to the sign off at 1300 UTC in English. SIO rating was 554. Talk program was on the air. ID was given at 12.59. Mashal Radio via Thailand was heard on 15750 kHz on July 9th from 1240 to the sign off at 1300 UTC in Pashito. SIO rating was 533. Talk program and local song were aired. The interference was from China National Radio on 15760 kHz. Radio Thailand World Service was heard on 17850 kHz on July 9th from 1012 to the sign off at 1030 UTC in Thai. SIO rating was 333. Talk program and the Thai song were broadcast. All India Radio from Bengaluru was received on 9620 kHz on July 6th from 1903 to the sign off at 1932 UTC in Arabic. SIO rating was 353. Indian songs and the talk program were aired. ID was given at 1929, followed by talk program in Hindi at 1930. Radio Algerienne via Isodon, France, was heard on 12060 kHz on July 6 from 1940 to the sign off at 1957 UTC in Arabic. SIO rating was 252. Quran, talk program, and Arabic songs were on the air. Voice of Oromo Revelation via Now in Germany was heard on 15420 kHz on July 3rd from sign on at 1700 to the sign off at 1730 UTC in Oromo. SIO rating was 343. Talk program by a male announcer was broadcast. ID was given at the 1729 as Burisuma Oromo by male voice with echo. TWR Africa via Eswatini was heard on 
9800 kilohertz on July 6 from 1850 to the sign off at 1902 UTC in Arabic. SIO rating was 454. Talk program and song were on the air. ID was given at 1900. Finally, Japan Shotev Club will issue the QSL cards for the correct reports on a segment of WaveScan program. We are issuing QSL cards by email to the report sent by email. Our address for your email report is jswcqsl.live.jp. I repeat, jswcqsl.live.jp. We continue to issue the printed QSL card by the same system as before. Your report should be addressed to JSWC PO Box 44, Kamakura, which is K A M A K U R A, Postal Code 248 8691, Japan. One ILC or two US dollars for return postage will be appreciated. For this edition of DX Report, we would like to thank Mr. Yoshiaki Hayashi. Mr. Iwao Nagatani, Mr. Hirokazu Mitsumoto, Mr. Kodo Sujaku, and Mr. Chiaki Shimada for sharing the information with us. Thank you for listening and please join us for our next edition of DX Report of Japan Showtime Club. I'm Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo. Thank you, Yukiko. A song from Cambodia ends this edition of WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, All India Radio at Kursong celebrates 60 years, unusual radio antennas, and our Philippine DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, I'll give you in a moment, and also to the station your radio is tuned to WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report. To the DX reporters, when their segment is on the air here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio. P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's spelled P R A K A N O N G, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in shortwave in、uh, Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone.